Awesome, welcome back to Impact. This is awesome. We've had over 60 interviews, starting with Marty O'Connor, and now we're here with the one and only Glenn Stearns in beautiful Corona Del Mar, California. Believe it or not, this shot is happening a week before our attempt for the Guinness World Records for the largest virtual marketing conference that's happening right now. So I'm super stoked to have Glenn Stearns here. What an honor to How have you, you as one of our final interviews for this show. Glenn, tell our audience just a little bit about your background, how you grew up, sure. a little uh, bit about who you are. Well, uh, Glenn Stearns, um, from Maryland, grew up in um, Rockville, Maryland. My dad was a printer, my mom was a grocery checker and cleaned homes. And so real humble beginnings, you know, um, they struggled with alcohol and drug addiction and things like that. And, um, you know, no one in my family went to college. I was the first to go to college and just kind of tried to pull myself out of, you know, kind of a regular life, I guess, you know, you know what you know. Yeah. But um, wanted a little, little more and, you know, went off to college and then found myself right here, literally right here. Awesome. So, and then tell us a little about your journey on the career path. I mean, how'd you get into what you do on the work side? Yeah. Well, like I said, it all started right here, literally. And when I drove out with a buddy of mine to California, um, what happened was I found myself sitting on a bench, literally okay. right behind these guys. Right. Okay. And uh, it was the one right up here. And I looked out over here and I was just by myself thinking about life and I saw these just beautiful people, beautiful homes, beautiful cars and thought, I want this. Right. Like, what does it take to get this, right. right? So I saw a man in that house right there and he was working on his uh, garden. So I walked up to him and I said, what did it take to get this house? Right. And uh, he said, Senor, I'm the gardener. <laughs> he said, <laughs> right. I, uh, I don't know. He probably has a lot of houses. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's awesome. But he said, I think the man's in real estate. Okay. And I thought, I'm going to get into real estate. That's right. what I'm going to do. Real and so I stayed, but it all started here. Sure. And that, that dream right then got me to say, all right, I'm not going back to Maryland. Right. I'm not going back to my old ways, which were fun. It was the party, right. young college sure. life. But I want to make something of myself. And I became a loan officer, okay. you know, and, and began, you know, kind of in a world that I didn't know anything about, but decided I wanted to um, kind of see what I could do, sure, you know, sure. and off it, I went. So where did that fire come? I mean, what, what, is it someone in your life, your parents, or was it, how, how did you get so motivated? Because everyone wants this dream, right? I yeah. mean, but how did you get so motivated to do the impossible? I mean, what was that fire inside? What's the torch that's lighting? Uh, I'd call it probably adversity. Okay. You know, I mean, I grew up again pretty tough. I didn't know it. You know, you don't know when you're growing up how you're. You know, you just know what you know. Right. And uh, again, having some parents that had some struggles. Um, you know, my mom would put us in the car and say, "Let's go, kids. We're going to get lost." Right. And I think it was because there were some issues at home. Right. Sure. And um, we would go to get lost and we would drive and drive and she'd say, guess what? You know, we'd say we're lost, you know, and we'd have to find our way home. And right. so I found that at times when struggle and, and when people that get lost, they get right. nervous and scared. Sure. I found it exciting, wow. you know, and so yeah. it changed my thought process, you know, at fourth, at fourth grade, I had failed fourth grade because of dyslexia and some other things. In eighth grade, I had a child. 
right? So my daughter's 41 right now. Wow. So those little things that came along, you know, really, I think they either turn somebody into real dark side sure. or it motivates you to do other things. And in my life, you know, I think it, it made me, um, it was a wonderful gift and a, and a blessing in disguise. You know, yeah. that pain yeah. kind of makes you say, I'm going to freaking do it, man. Right. I'm going to make something of right. myself. You earn that badge and you go through that and, and you get stronger for something even greater. Boy, that getting lost, I think we all, at some degree, sometimes need that escape, right? Yeah. We go to the movies or we, you know, watch a, a Netflix or something like that. Um, what a what a uh, courageous path that your mom had to go through sometimes to just kind of get away. Yeah, and then yeah. you're a child in the car and you're probably thinking like, where am I going? But rather than being scared, right. you actually turn that, that doubt into motivation and yeah. fire, which is a, a very courageous thing. So tell us about the journey of real estate. How did you get into it? And how did you get into it so big yeah. that, you know, it's like almost like gambling, like roulette, you know, and do you continue to parlay and build your bets or do you just walk away with your chips? Can you tell us right. a little bit yeah. about that? Well, I think what you find a lot of people, it's funny because in the mortgage business, especially you see when booming times are, you right. know, because everybody's driving a Bentley. Okay. And then when the life isn't so good, sure. they're all the Bentleys are back in, right? right? And right. So what I found though through, I started my business, I, I started in 89, 88, <coughs> excuse me, in 88 I was here, in 89 I began my own company 10 months later, wow. which was, they say ignorance is bliss, right? Sure. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. But um, what happened was I began to grow through the, um, you know, the process of kind of learning and figuring out what it took to get, you know, my own, um, you know, I was a broker, then sure. I want to become a banker, then I want to have my own appraisal company, and I kept adding on. Right. But all along the way, what I think is the most important part is I kept reinvesting all of my profits back sure. into the company. Wow. And that delayed gratification is real, right? I sure. mean, if you can continue to do that instead of taking it out and buying one of these beautiful homes, right. which I didn't buy in those first 20 years, and I could have, right? right. right. Um, but it was more about realizing the power of reinvesting your money sure. was so important because right, I could then right. get bigger warehouse lines. I could then become a bigger banker and so on and so forth. And right. so that was probably the so key. Instead of just going out and just buying material things, Glenn reinvested. And tell us a little bit about how you took some of that reinvestment and you, you manufactured this culture within the lending industry that was so different than other companies that led your own workforce to be just as empowered as you. Can you talk about that magic, like how you were able to yeah. do that? You know, it's funny because um, you're right. I mean, it is magic because many, many big companies, many small companies, they don't have it. And you don't realize it until you got it, you right. know, when right. everything's running so well. And so what I found was, uh, just to give you another example, there was a company um, California Mortgage, and all I heard were great things about them, great things. What is the magic behind these people? And um, so I went after them. Who, you know, I want to meet these people. I want to find out. And it took me so long, but I found and met the gentleman um, that, that owned the company right. and, and would ask what it was. And he talked about integrity. He talked about your word, giving back and trying to make sure that people understood this wasn't a job, this was a life, a purpose, a career, right? right. This was something bigger than just a job. And I realized, wow, I, th I think I'm doing all that. Like sure. it, it was validating a lot of what I thought. 
but then I poured more into wanting all of our family, our people to realize this was important that we all take this and, and we're proud of where we are. Yeah. And when you can do that and you can instill that, I don't care if it's the receptionist up to the president, right. if everybody's feeling it and yeah. they realize they're there for a higher purpose, you can create amazing, amazing things out of that. Awesome. And along your career, I mean, you you not only just dominated in the mortgage industry, but you as a human are, are just so incredibly uh, generous and philanthropic and involved with so many things. Uh, you've received the Horatio Alger, uh, Ellis Island Medal of Honor. These are just amazing uh, steps along the way. Can you tell us a little bit about what failure felt like getting there? Because it couldn't have just been Success, success, success. Right. How did you mask the failure and, and rise over it? Well, I mean, I never looked at failure as a, I looked at it as a lesson, right? right I right. mean, it wasn't the end of the world. Sure. And so a lot of times when I would learn these lessons, um, I just learned how to do it better, right? right, right and different. Right. Sure. And so, I guess I never looked at anything as a failure. I just, right, you know, right, so, right. so when, I, when I look at how far we've come, it was because, you know, we took, we had a, a culture that said, if there's an issue, bring it sure, to us sure. and we're going to reward you for finding the issue, right. not penalize you because you made us look bad. Right, right, and, right. and that's about being insecure Absolutely. if you think right. you're going to look bad. You're going to look great because sure. we're all going to make those mistakes. Absolutely. Now, who can bring us the mistakes fast enough right. that we can fix them quick? Absolutely. You know, so it's about instilling yeah, that confidence totally. in others. My father used to always say, if you make a mistake and you learn from it, you've actually gained. Right. And it sounds like you're, you're kind of on that same parallel is to say that, you know what, we all have hardships, we all have struggles, we all go through missteps, we have issues in the journey. If you learn from that issue, you don't repeat it a second time, you've actually grown and gained from right, it. So that's right. very admirable. So tell us along that journey, obviously you had a little bit of a health situation and how did that come out of nowhere and not detract you with this excellence that you're doing? Um, you know, it was actually, again, uh, a wonderful um, enlightenment yeah. to me because it, it allowed me to slow down sure. and to go, okay, what is important and what isn't important? And also the biggest gift of all was that it allowed me to be even more grateful for you know, everything around me because right. I've been very fortunate to your point, grew up in a not so great you know, childhood and then to go, okay, this turned out pretty well so far. And to much is given, much is required, right? right. As they say. And so I have given back because I felt like um, it was my obligation because things were, you know, sure. I've been very fortunate. So, you know, when cancer came along, I went, man, life is short. Right. Like, this is important to sure. focus on the things that matter, family. And when I mean family, that could be your work family sure. and your friends. Yeah. friends, And obviously your, your, you know, blood family. But it's also important to then say, okay, you know what? So this didn't work out. So that didn't work out. Who cares? Who cares? Really, right. you know? So I got this great clarity in my life and I took, you know, shoot close to six, seven years off. Wow. You know, went and went around the world with, with the family sure. and just focused on. What were some being... of the greatest takeaways on that journey that you broke out of the work environment? You said, you know, all this, it, it's there, but it's not my purpose. And in that six to seven years, what, what are a couple of things that you really got at the core that didn't exist before? Well, 
I think that when you sit there and you say, in your 30s, you're really learning, in 40s, you're really gaining momentum, and in the 50s, you're gonna hit it because you know sure. everything. Yeah. And I went and said, why is that the, that's not the pace I want. When I hit 50, I wanna go with my family around the world and see it. I don't, right. I don't need to amass a bigger right. fortune, sure. right, right? Right, right? It was not about, okay, now here, it was about, we only have today. Who right. knows what will happen tomorrow? So I'm going to look at today as, as if that's all that counts. And, and by the way, when you're growing up, you've got to look towards the future about sure. building net worth and right, stuff. Right, if you're right, trying right. to have a goal of a company, of I get it. Um, and that goes back to delayed gratification, right? Right, right? But there came a point where I said enough is enough, you know? Right. And so when I ended up going off and doing that, I do, I do not regret it at all. That was awesome. all that effort of all those years right. allowed me to do that, right? Absolutely. Now I'm back at it again, but I'm doing it for a different reason. I don't care about making a lot of money. Sure. I want to change lives again. Absolutely. I want to bring, and, and I don't mean just the customer, because right. we all say, you know, we've got this thing. I want my family of employees right. to, I want us to do something again, magical again. Wonderful. You know, and so it feels like right. a wonderful reason to wake up in the morning. Right, you know? right. And for our audience, is there a way, because a lot of us are in that growth stage with our business, we're reinventing ourselves with everything going on in the world. Is there a way that we can actually take ourselves out of that business growth mode and to take a little piece out of that six to seven years without something having to hit us aside the head right. to make us do it. You see what I mean? Yeah. Is there a proactive way of doing it? You know what? That's exactly what I found mentors were the best thing for me was surrounding myself with great people to say, how did you do it? Sure. And why did you do it this way? And what did you learn right. if you didn't, you know, what are your regrets too, right? right? right, right. And one of them was always, I worked too long and too hard, yeah, right? That's what they always say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so by taking that time, and hopefully someone else could see that, but by being able to replace yourself, right? When I did a, a, a thing about 15 years ago that I was gone for one month and I couldn't call in, it was a crazy reality show. Right, right, right. And, um, and I couldn't do anything. I was just out off the grid. Right. And I called right when I, first sure. thing I did, tell me, the, just give me the worst news. Exactly. And the president of my company says, worst news is we probably don't need you anymore. <laughs> you know, everything's running smooth. <laughs> right, right, And right. that's perfect. That, that's, that's where that's you, you want to be, want. right? You want to become obsolete, right? Right, that, exactly. That's what Palmer Lucky always says, like, find someone to replace every function of the job that you do, and that's when you know you're actually going somewhere. So that's great. And, and by the way, Palmer's got that down about 20, 30 years before I did. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he's going to go... He's going to go far. Yeah, I bet yeah, he will. Absolutely. And he's actually in a segment coming up right now. So look, Glenn, let's, uh, let's summarize this now. Um, we like to ask our, our awesome content contributors about adversity. We know that you face adversity with health, with business, with growing up. Can you give some advice as to when you're in a dark place, a, a way to kind of look past the adversity or, or to kind of listen to a voice that may not exist to help get some of us that are struggling past that adversity any thoughts to that yes i think that adversity i think that darkness i think that um pain you have you have two ways to look at it right you can look at it like you know as a victim right and you can look at it like why me or you can say wow i think i'm at the bottom of this hole right, right you know right. there's no way to go but up from right, here right and so you have a choice again and so when you're in a dark place you know you have to realize that no life is perfect. We right. don't go like this. Right. We go like this, we go like this, we go like this. Yes. And so when you're up here, it's wonderful to stop, right. smell the roses and yeah. say, thank you 
for this. And when you're down here, right. it's wonderful to stop and then say, sure. you know what? I've got nowhere to go but up. Correct. So it's about it's about this, yes. right? Okay. And if you can surround yourself with great people, okay, people that you can call your mentors and friends, and then you can rely on them, not, not to let them, you know, lend your money, but right. to just your so that you can lend their ear, yeah, right? Absolutely. And you can just sit and listen and say, this is what I'm going through. I think you'll you'll find you're always it's a moving sure. segment. It's never going to be in one spot. Such a good piece of advice. Glenn hey. Sears, thank you so much. Yeah, I present great. to you one of my greatest idols of life. And thank you so much for being <laughs> uh, on Impact 20. I present to you, Mr. Glenn Stearns. Thank you.